is going to win at Talladega. A combined 1,286 Cup Series starts. He's going to do it. He's going to win the race and the NASCAR Spring Cup Championship. California's Kevin Harvick does it. 63 combined Cup Series wins. Eric Amarola and Kevin Harvick both retired from full-time NASCAR Cup Series competition this year, but their legacies will live on forever. Join us as we recap the careers and legacies of Kevin Harvick and Eric Amarola. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Below the Line podcast presented by Wicked Mix Holiday and Winter Editions. Now, this is coming out on December 23rd, so I can't guarantee that if you buy your Wicked and uh, your Wicked Mix Holiday and Winter Editions now from MoonlightMixes.com or Amazon.com that they will get there by Christmas. But you can still be in the Christmas spirit after Christmas, and it's still going to be winter if you're going for the winter mix you know, after Christmas. So... There's still time to get them. Not much time. There are limited editions, but get your winter and holiday mix today. It'll help. It'll be a late present, a great stocking stuffer if it does get there before Christmas or on Christmas Eve. So get yours today, moonlightmixes.com. And of course, their whole array of Wicked Mix and Wicked Minis are available at moonlightmixes.com as well. As you heard in the open um, tonight, we're just kind of doing in, in, in an informal way, in an informal way, but we're just kind of going over the careers, the legacies of Eric Amarola and Kevin Harvick, both of who uh, retired at the end of this year from full-time competition. Harvick hasn't ruled out maybe running an Xfinity race. We know Amarola is going to run some Xfinity races um, with, uh, sorry, with uh, JGR next year, splitting some time with uh, with Eric Amarola. Uh, just watching my Saints uh, lose this game. The uh, The perpetual disappointment is real. And you can see by my Arkansas head, it's not been a good year for my football teams. It really hasn't. Like, I don't know what's wrong with them a lot. Um, Talking about NASCAR. And NASCAR makes me happy. The Saints often do not. Um, At least the Thunder do. Kevin Harvick, we'll start with him. uh, Because he, he, talking about those combined stats, I said 63 combined wins. He makes up 60 of those. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that Eric Amarola is like the greatest, you know, a legend like Harvick. Harvick is the legend in this scenario here. Uh, But obviously Harvick, 60 wins, 2014 Cup Series championship. um, I believe two Bush Series championships. I think 01 and 06. I'm pretty sure those are the years he won his Bush Series titles. I know Boyer won it in... I want to say 07. That may be wrong. Maybe it was 08 or 09. But I know RCR had that period of just Xfinity Series dominance. Um, kind of coming back to that recently, I guess. Hopefully you guys can still see and hear me all right. Uh, Harvick, though, 826 starts. Like, that number is insane. 826 starts. That... That's an unprecedented number of starts. Uh, you look at his Xfinity Series stats, and uh, I could have just seen where he won those championships. Let's see, 01, 06, yeah, I was right. 47 Xfinity Series wins, 14 Truck Series wins, and uh, he ran a few full-time seasons. Best points finish at 12th there, but the Cup Series obviously is is where everybody likes to focus on, and for good reason. Um, most everybody knows Harvick's story, for anybody that doesn't. So Dale Earnhardt, Unfortunately, passes away 
on the final lap of the 2001 Daytona 500. Harvick was already slated to run the Bush Series schedule full-time that year. He ended up, ended up winning the championship in that series. Um, and then in just his third Cup Series start at the fourth race of the year at Atlanta, Kevin Harvick goes out and beats Jeff Gordon in one of the greatest finishes in NASCAR history. He got one more win that year. Uh, I can't remember where exactly. Um, I want to say Rockingham for some odd reason. No, Chicagoland, I'm pretty sure. I think it was Chicago. I, I can't remember exactly. I, I think he won at Chicago, though, or Kansas in 2002. Um, he, he won at the new mile and a half. Um, let's see. Yeah. You Google Kevin Harvick wins 2001. It's all Atlanta. It's all Atlanta. Uh, oh, Chicago land 2001. Yeah. I can look and see here. Uh, and then, oh, he won at Chicago in 2002. And then he won the brickyard in 2003. Um, and then he, he actually, he went winless in 04 which was surprising, missed the inaugural chase. He actually missed the first two chase for the Sprint Cup. So his career, pretty interesting. He missed a race in each of his first two years. Ninth in the points, though, in 01. Really solid year. And then 2002 falls to 21st. 2003, you know, wins the Brickyard and ends up fifth. And then he falls back to 14th. And then he makes the next three chase for the next two Cups. Fourth, 10th, 4th. Five wins in 2006. That was his best season to that point, 2007. His only win came in very dramatic fashion, obviously, at the Daytona 500. Uh, tenth in points. 2008, winless, but very consistent, and he ends up fourth in points. Uh, 2009, a horrendous year, 19th. 2010, I believe he would have won the championship that year in the full-length uh, full point system. Three wins, ends up third in the points. Um, 2010, a really good year for him, his best year to that point. And then 2011, he follows that up a little less consistent, still third in the points with four wins that year. 2012, makes the chase again, but only wins one race. 2013, comes back and wins four races, third in the points. He also, uh, fun fact, won the first race I ever attended, Richmond, Toyota Owners 400, fall or uh, spring of 2013. And also, fun fact, I fell asleep in that race. I didn't get to see his epic green-white checker battle with uh, with Jeff Burton. 2014, he wins the championship for the first and eventually only time. Wins five races, obviously one homestead. Uh, 2015, his most controversial season, actually ended up second in the points, made the championship four. We all know what happened in Talladega, right? Three wins. He says 2015 was a better year, and his average finish actually was over four spots higher. It improved by 4.2. Uh, 2016 um, you know, is out in the round of eight, wins four races. 2017 wins twice, but he's back in the championship four. Uh, you know what's really impressive? One, two, three, four, five, six. Out of the first six championship fours, Kevin Harvick made five. That That's insane. He didn't make one after that. He ended up making five um, out of the uh, all ten times he made the uh, he made the playoffs. But um, so that that's a really really good mark, really good mark. Twenty eighteen won eight races, Texas and Las Vegas and Flexgate and the scandals kind of ruined that. Uh, Twenty nineteen another really good year. Twenty twenty he missed the championship four. We all know the story, Kansas. Um, you know, the dirty air race, trying to spin Kyle Busch at Martinsville to get in because of a broken playoff system. But nine wins, 
20 top fives, 27 top tens. And, you know, when you were picking races that season, it was kind of him or Jenny Hamlin. You know, one of them's going to win an insane 7.3 average finish. And a more telling stat is a 7.7 average start in a year where it was either set, uh, it was set by, by the metric, you know, the rule book, like fastest lap, finishing position, points position, and all that jazz. So uh, that makes it even more impressive, in my opinion, his 2020 season, um, you know, obviously didn't, you know, win. Uh, but it's just, you know, it, just a victim of the playoff system. Uh, last few years here, uh, one twice in 2022, uh, 2021, he, I mean, he finished fifth in points still while going winless, very consistent, 24 top tens. He was top 10 in two thirds of the races, but not the same as 2020. You know, my opinion is that 2020 season is kind of slightly demoralized him a little bit. I mean, not slightly, maybe, you know, in a demoralize him in a big way. Um, and then you go to, uh, to, to, to 2022 wins twice back to back at, at uh, Michigan and Richmond, and then uh, knocked out in the first round. This year also barely knocked out in the first round, uh, winless. But again, 14 top 10s carried the load for SHR, undeniably. Uh, two championships in Xfinity, 47 wins, and then you add in trucks, 121 wins across the top three series of NASCAR for Kevin Harvick. That averages out to just barely more than 40 wins per series. For some of these guys, you know, you look at Kyle Busch, you look at Mark Martin, and people are like, oh my gosh, triple digits in wins. But then you say, okay, over half of those are in Xfinity and trucks, or trucks, or Xfinity. Kevin Harvick did most of his damage in Cup. I mean, just under exactly half of his wins in the top three series are in Cup. And it's because these seasons where he just put up gaudy numbers, uh, nine wins, eight wins, you know, four wins, three wins, all those championship fours. You know, he'd have a few winless seasons or one win seasons sprinkled in here or there. But for the most part, you knew what you were getting with Kevin Harvick. And and that, I think, was more impressive than anything. As far as his legacy goes and as far as his career goes, he's a Hall of Famer, like first ballot, easy Hall of Famer. Um his legacy, I you know, I think a lot of people called him the most underappreciated NASCAR driver because the circumstances were rather unscrup- uh, sorry, unscrupulous when he came in. Not the most flashy. You know, you're not coming in as a hot shot. You're coming in as a guy that's a replacement for one of, if not the greatest driver ever in Dale Earnhardt. Big shoes to fill, but he wins twice, finishes ninth in the points. Um, I think, you know, if, if Harvick had come in normally, and obviously, we all wish Dale Earnhardt's death wouldn't have happened for you know various reasons. But if if Harvick would have come in at his scheduled pace in 2002 in the 30 car, you know maybe he wouldn't have done as well overall. Maybe his career path would have been different. Maybe he would have stayed with RCR throughout his career and not left for SHR. And then you know you go down this rabbit hole of all this stuff is different. You know we could sit here and talk about that all night. But Harvick's legacy. Is just going to be one of a generational talent that, in all honesty, was never given a fair shake because everybody saw him not as Kevin Harvick, but as the guy who's replacing Dale Earnhardt. And that image kind of wore off over the years as he grew into that role and was more consistent and suddenly, you know, made a name for himself. And then obviously when he got into the four and wasn't with Dale's old team anymore. It was it was even more so, you know, disassociated from the just being the guy that replaced Dale Earnhardt to being Kevin Harvick. And once he won the championship in 14, 
And then he suddenly, you know, riffed off all those title four appearances and, and he's a threat for the championship every year. You know, even the people that hated Kevin Harvick, you know, and say he only got his opportunity because of that horrendous situation involving Dale senior. Um, you know, they, they couldn't say that anymore because now he's winning championships and winning, you know, five, six races a year, making the final four every year. And you just can't use that argument. So Harvick's legacy is going to be one of an underappreciated guy, generational talent. But when you win 60 races in a Cup Series championship, I mean, you, you just, you know, you can't deny that. Easy first ballot Hall of Famer, Kevin Harvick, one of the greatest. Now, Eric Amarola, obviously, you know, and not many drivers do, but Eric Amarola does not have the resume of Kevin Harvick. Three wins in the Cup Series. He should still be appreciated. And I know I've, I've been pretty hard on the guy. You know, his performance these last few years has been terrible. Last three seasons, awful. If not for that win at Loudoun in 2021, you know, it'd be even more so. But he did win that race at Loudoun in 2021. He did win um in 2018 at Talladega he did win the 2014 Coke Zero Sugar 400 probably should have won the 2018 Daytona 500 fifth in the points in 2018 and then he made the playoffs he made the playoffs his first four years with SHR like that's really impressive and I know 2021 wouldn't have done it without a win but he he got the win you know actually the facts last couple years he fell off SHR as a whole fell off he got older you know Maybe not as focused trying to, you know, think about life after racing, you know, has kids, has a family, uh, drove for Tony Stewart and Gene Haas, drove for Richard Petty, drove for Joe Gibbs, and he's driving with, he has a chance to add to his legacy in the Xfinity Series. We all know his story with Denny Hamlin in the Xfinity Series. The one year he ran full-time in the Bush Series, though, he was pretty dang good. 2011, no wins, but fourth in the points. Four wins in total. He took an RSS racing car to victory lane at Sonoma last year. Um, in 2017, he won, I believe, the summer Daytona race. 2016, he won the Xfinity race. I don't remember which one it was, but he won it. And he also has two wins in the truck series in 2010 when he was full-time in that series. And he was second in the points. Like, he was he was much better than some people um, make him out to be. Uh, the one Arco East race he ever started, he won it. I mean, he was top five in the only Arco West race he ever started. I know I'm getting deep down the stat list here. You might say I'm, you know, it's digging for anything. But, you know, Eric Amarola was a better driver than some people realize. He was consistent. You know, he wasn't going to tear up equipment. He wasn't going to get irrationally angry at anybody. And, uh, you know, he, he was injured in 2017. He didn't always have an easy road. You know, he was given nothing. He started out his career in the Cup Series driving for – DEI team that was about as, as dysfunctional as you know a lot of families get when they're talking politics around the Thanksgiving dinner table I guess the, the Christmas dinner table you know if we want to be with the season here but um, he was better than people give him credit for you know was he consistent threat to win races each week or a championship no but again not that many drivers are and I think if we appreciate Amarola for being consistent you know, for making 460 starts, that's an accomplishment in and of itself. Winning three of those, I mean, how many drivers ever win one race, let alone two, let alone three? Um, and the man made the playoffs, you know, five times? Wait, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, five times. Five times he was in the postseason uh, since, since 2014. 2015, I remember that year. He barely missed it, really fell off. 
1617. He had the injury, but he was still off 22, 23, just bad years. Uh, but he wasn't the only one struggling at SHR. Won a duel last year, uh, or maybe 22, I can't remember. And, you know, if that wheel hadn't fallen off at New Hampshire this summer, who knows? You know, we could be talking about him as a four-time winner and making the playoffs six times in his career because he had a fast car that day if that wheel hadn't fallen off. But Amarola's legacy should be remembered as, as a solid driver. He won races when the opportunities presented themselves. And you can say you got lucky, but I just call that being opportunistic. You know, if you can take an opportunity presented to you and not fumble the bag, that's more than a lot of us could do. I guarantee you we couldn't win some of these races Amarola won. So um, he was he's better than some people give him credit for. That's what I think. And, and overall legacy, solid driver. Didn't tear up equipment. Would go out there and get you a good finish. You know, would go out there and get you a win on occasion if presented the right circumstances. Always a contender on super speedways. Had those few tracks like Bristol, New Hampshire, where he would just, you know, run insanely well. You knew he would give you a shot to win. So overall, I think that's where he landed with him. By the way, pledge uh, just $4 today to really help the show. Patreon.com backslash below the LN podcast. Ladies and gents, I think that's all I got. I'm releasing this. I'm recording this the evening of the 21st. Going to release it the 23rd. So the uh, the trailer drops tomorrow, Christmas Eve, for our New Year's movie about Mark Martin. Christmas Day movie about North Wilkesboro obviously drops Christmas Day. New Year's Day movie drops the first. I'm planning on having another episode out on the, uh, the 28th. Um, Talking about expectations next year for Josh Berry, Jesse Love, Josh Williams, Hilly Deegan, a few of these, uh, Daniel Hemrick, you know, a few of these new signings, uh, Haley as well, and new places. So, yeah, like, subscribe, comment, share. If you're listening on audio, uh, go to the Spotter Sand YouTube channel. Just look up below the line on YouTube, will pop up. Uh, follow on Spotify. Um, rate review email us below the online podcast at gmail.com and i'm writing for speedway media now a couple new articles published uh, a couple days ago as as of when y'all are seeing this listening to this so speedwaymedia.com moonlightmixes.com get your hands on some wicked mix and wicked minis today i will i guess i'll technically see you guys tomorrow but i will uh, talk to you guys christmas day in you know posthumously in my narrator voice and then the 28th is the next time i'll see hopefully emily and i can maybe record a show or two while we're together for the Christmas holiday. Happy holidays. God bless. Merry Christmas. And I will see you guys later. Peace out. Goodbye.